Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 522 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from Clairvoyant, Helen Millwood, all about her work, chatting with some of the cast and director of the fantastic film Sustain, which is due out very soon. Aaron James let us know about West End Picnic and how you can keep track of what's going on in the wonderful world of theatre through his Instagram, Facebook page and everything else too. We'll be having an atto with W. YMT's Ben Cole about their forthcoming show for kids this summer and we'll have music from Chris Sophie. We'll have a few samples of their work and a chat with them all about what they do when they go out and about on the road. But first of all, the bodyguard is at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre for two weeks from the 25th of June right the way through until the 6th of July. During that time, two fantastic artists will be sharing the role of Rachel Moran one of whom is Jed Lee Shallow, who joins me on the line now. Hello. Hi. How are we <laughs> Thanks doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Tell us a bit about the journey that brings you to the role of Rachel. So I'll be alternating the role of Rachel Marin with the Bodyguard Tour, and I'm super, super excited about coming to Wolverhampton. It'd be my first time. So where in the world did you start out? Because you're actually from the Caribbean. Yes, I'm originally from Trinidad, <laughs> but grew up in St. Vincent, lived in Australia, Lived in England for a little bit a few years ago, and I'm currently living in Manhattan. So you, you've travelled the world, and you've done that doing shows all around the world as well, because you've worked on The Lion King in the past. Yeah, my home is pretty much my suitcase. Um, <laughs> I, I, I live out of my suitcase, and I just pretty much go where the work is. And yeah, here I am on a UK tour of The Bodyguard. <laughs> That's all good. And you must be really pleased with being part of a show with such iconic tunes in it. I'm super excited. I mean, Whitney Houston is definitely, I mean, as a kid, as a uh, kid growing up on the islands, um, she was definitely an, an idol. And I've always dreamt of maybe one day being like a backup singer or something. And um, who would have thought that I would actually be in a show portraying her, her life and her music? I mean, if someone had told me that uh, as a little girl, I would probably laugh Wait, <laughs> like I'm doing now because I still can't believe that I'm a part of it an exciting giggle but this is born out of how blooming good a performer you are though isn't it come on <laughs> well I, I love what I do and I'm, I'm super grateful to be doing what I do and to be able to to travel the world and to, to experience different cultures and to meet amazing people and really 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 excited and grateful to be here and especially to be a part of something this big uh, and what's the biggest challenge you think you've had when going into a show <laughs> the biggest challenge is remembering my lines we things like with, with the lion king did you do a german language version of that as well yeah when i first started off doing the lion king it was in german we had to learn the, uh, the entire show in german and it was my first time so there was already uh, you know, a lot of pressure on me because it was my first time coming into a production, you know, doing a show. I've never worked professionally in that sense. I was a, a student in college mm. studying um, sociology and business management. But um, not German. <laughs> not German. <laughs> so this is back in Trinidad. And um, my teacher at the time who taught accounting in college, she decided to throw like a choir classes outside of school so anybody who was interested could come along. And of course, I was there. And she heard me sing for the first time. And she said to me, hey, you remind me of Heather Headley. 
and I had no idea who Heather Headley was. Mm. And she was like, guess what? Lion King is coming to Trinidad for the first time uh, to hold auditions. Would you be interested if I took you? And I was like, what is an audition? I don't know what that is. <laughs> and she said to me, don't worry about it. All you have to do is sing. Just sing in front of these people. That's all you have to do. And I was like, okay, great. And I, I got there to the auditions and it was like all these people outside you know, with sheet music and stuff. And I was like, what is that? I had no idea what it was. And then I remembered when it was my turn to go into the room, they said, the producer said to me, hey, what are you going to sing for us today? And I said, I don't know. And they looked at each other like, what? And they said, okay, do you know Amazing Grace? And I was like, of course. Yes, I know Amazing Grace. I went to Sunday school every Sunday, grew up in a Christian home, of course. And so that was the song that I, I sang and that got me into the show. And they said to me, hey, would you drop out of college to be a part of this production? I was like, yes, absolutely. Yes, sign me up today, right now. And within a week's time, I was on a plane to Germany, Hamburg. And um, yeah, we had to learn the, the entire show in German. So I was there for eight months with that production until they offered me Nala on the new production of The Lion King in Australia. And I remembered even going to Australia and learning the show in English for the first time was very difficult because all the German words were stuck in my brain. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That must be mad. But at least this show, it's all in English from the outset. <laughs> Thank so... God. <laughs> but there are some amazing notes you've got to hit. And uh, if anybody can, I think it's you, isn't it? <laughs> well... I mean, it's definitely, it's, it, this show is definitely one of my greatest challenges, for sure. I mean, it's Whitney Houston we're talking about. This mm -hmm. is a voice that is un untouchable, was untouchable back then, still is today. And it's a huge, I mean, it, it's a blessing in disguise. And at the same time, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I really have to make a proud. I really have to make a proud. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm really, really grateful to be a part of this. So we're playing Rachel Moron. You're being protected by a former Secret Service agent turned bodyguard, and the <laughs> unknown stalker is following you around on the stage. Hopefully, that's not something you can draw from your own experiences on. Oh my God! Well, uh, luckily I don't have that situation in my life, but that's where the, the acting chops um, come in, um, where I have to like begin to, you know, to that. But it, it, to be honest, the cast in particular. I mean, they're all amazing, amazing actors, and it's such, you know, an exciting time for me to be able to be a part of this because, you know, for me, I learn daily every time I'm on, I'm on stage with them. You know, I, I I'm so in tune with what they're doing, and I feel like to become better at what you do is to always remain open to learning. You know, you can never stop learning, and I think that's one of the awesomeness about being a part of this show and being surrounded by all these incredible artists. It really is training grounds for me. Coming from my background, it's, it's really a, an amazing opportunity to be a part of it. And it is a, a big role, and I think that's, again, why it's probably quite important, due to the pressures of the amount of singing in this role, that you are sharing it with someone like Alexandra, because you, you actually get a bit of a rest during the weeks that you, you're on and off. Exactly. And Alexandra is a beast in the best way possible. She's such a hard worker and it's because this is a massive role and she does it nightly and still has the same stamina, the energy, and it's definitely very, very inspiring. But it does have the advantage that both of you are able to go and see the show because you'll have seen her and I'm sure she's seen you on the tour so far. So that must again be an amazing experience to see how the, the, the different interactions take place with the rest of the cast when, when each of you are playing the role. Absolutely, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's teamwork because we all work together, you know, to carry out the, the story 
of you know of Whitney Houston's life and and her music and you know it's all about working together and we've definitely found that you know as a cast we we have that and and as a family I think we've become a family as well and which normally doesn't happen with every show or all other sh- shows that I've done and it really again is a blessing to have that within this company but you do see your former secret service agent Frank Farmer falling in love with somebody else when you see the show how do you feel when Alexandra's <laughs> cheating with your man that's okay. I mean, it's it's you know, <laughs> it's nice to share the love every now and then. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> so the the show itself, as you say, amazing songs in there. Is it possible to have a favorite, or do you just love them all? Oh my God, that's the thing. With yeah, it's very hard to have a favorite. They're all. I mean, they were all hits back in the day, and they still are. And it's it's very hard to have a favorite. But I know that the one song that everybody's coming to hear is obviously I Will Always Love You because mm-hmm. that will definitely remain in a special place in our hearts, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's a special one. Yeah, there isn't a Whitney song which doesn't stand out as an amazing piece of music. And as you already said, you've got to do justice to the legacy that she left behind. And we know you're going to do that, and it's going to be truly awesome on stage. Anything else that you would add about this show that you know that, that surprised you when you your first part of it? I mean, it's again, it's it's challenged me in so many ways, and um, and it's stretching me in ways that I didn't think was was possible. And I'm super excited about again having this opportunity to do so because I I know for a fact once I leave this show, I feel that I would have the confidence to do anything I put my <laughs> mind to. Well, I'm sure you've got the talent to do anything you put your mind to already, so there's going to be no question there. It runs from the 25th of June through to the 6th of July at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre. GrandTheatre.co.uk to get your tickets or call the box office on 01902 429212. But for now, Jenny Shallow, break a leg, have a great time in the show, and we look forward to Thank seeing you on stage in Wolverhampton. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. In a moment's time, we'll actually have a chat with Chris Ophie, but before we do, let's take a little sample of some of their singing. Sophie are busy at working hard. It is almost wedding season and many an event on the way. They are available to hire. They're here to tell me more about what's going on. Hello to you both. Hi, yeah. Hello. Right, so uh, let's start with Sophie first of all, because uh, you're head of keys in the outfit and uh, yes. obviously working really hard when it comes to events. Yeah, really hard after sing and play. It's, it's, it's hard. Multitasking. Yeah. It's and Chris just gets to sit there and play guitar. Yeah, he's got the easy <laughs> bit. Yeah. yeah, remembering all the words. and uh, But no, it's good. It's great fun. Because, I mean, obviously... When it comes down to uh, a wedding or a special event, live music really can absolutely make it, and this is where you guys come in. Yeah, definitely. We just feel like it's a good combination of, um, you know, it's a nice little setup, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, the, the guitar and the keyboard complements each other well. Uh, plus, with all the backing that Sophie can produce on the keyboard, it kind of 
um, you know, creates a full band. Yeah, you've got the, the whole orchestra yeah, in one box yeah. and then you playing along to really heighten the sound of the music. Yeah, kind of. I think it um, allows us to kind of, you know, be diverse with our song selections as well. Mm. We can do more me- mellow kind of songs, but also, you know, f- upbeat songs as well if we want to. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so whatever the party requires, whatever that first dance is, you yeah. can do it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That, yeah. That's the way it works. So, I mean, you've, how long have you been playing together now? It must be a good few years. Uh, I think it's about two, yeah. Yeah, it's about two, yeah. So, uh, and, and that has really helped you settle down and you know each other fairly well anyway, because you uh, are a couple. Yeah. So uh, that helps, but it does mean that when it comes to playing the music, you actually can just feed off each other. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, like creating that bond musically and just um, what we work out what songs kind of suit best and mm-hmm. try different things and styles mm-hmm. and and everything yeah you, you kind of got a, a, a catalogue that you can call upon yeah. but equally uh, I know with both of your musical backgrounds if somebody has a track they want to play you'll be able to sort it out and, and arrange it for them yeah definitely yeah we can just pick it up and learn it yeah and just who's know. the fast, fastest on that one yours of course I'd probably say Selfie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she can work stuff out on the keyboard, just, you know, in yeah. a matter of minutes. So, yeah. And before you know, you've got the guitar tab set up That's ready for you to it, go yeah. and, and away you go. Yeah. And what is probably your favourite moment at an event? Um, I don't know, what would you say? I'd probably Maybe. say towards the end of our second set is when, you know, especially when we're playing some local uh, places like pubs and stuff, they tend to get a bit more um, lively and get up and have a dance yeah. and mm-hmm. towards the end of our second set is when it gets lively a bit more lively yeah. so mm-hmm. that's kind of uh, you know the high point for me when people cause seeing people enjoy themselves yeah uh, and yeah just kind of get that buzz feeling that you know we're, we're playing um, and people are having a good time yeah make it a, a party full on all the yeah, music yeah. right the way through and how long are your sets normally we normally do two 45 minutes mm-hmm. um I'd say like a huge variety of songs with a, with a break in between, yeah. So you've got more than enough there to be yeah. able to fulfil people's desires. As you say, you can do specific tracks if requested yeah. as well. So uh, how do people get in touch with you and book? Um, they can go on to like social media, uh, Facebook, uh, it's Chris Sophie. Just all yeah, it's, it's facebook.com forward slash Chris Sophie duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also for Instagram it's the same. And um, we've also got business cards as well. Yeah. But, um, you so can check people see you out and about. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got, got email, um, Chris Sophie duo at hotmail.com. Um, but yeah, it's mainly social media and just... We, we, stuff out there. we generally keep up to date um, our social media up to date with our latest gigs so mm-hmm. you know people events can because yeah. yeah. I mean there's often public events as well as yeah. the private parties aren't there yeah definitely yeah. Uh, we just post them out there so people know where we are and what we're doing yep do that have a good time check it all out Chris Sophie is what you're looking for and see these two guys in action and they will come and perform at an event for you obviously you've got to pay them but they will come and perform at an event for you it'll be jolly good fun <laughs> yeah definitely yeah we look forward to it <laughs> thank you Sophie and a fantastic cover. We will have more from them as we head through the show.
With the release date for Sustain getting ever closer, it's time to find out more about the movie. I'm joined now by three of the team behind it. We have Greg Yates, we have Brett Dewsbury and Troy Dennison. Hello. Hello. All right, we're going to start this then, Troy. Um, remind us on your role in this. I am producer, general dog's body, and a million other things. <laughs> so kept busy the whole time. Always. Yeah. Brett? Yeah, uh, I play Kieran Flank, uh, and I co-wrote the film with Dave. Mm-hmm. And I'm D.I. Bridge, the detective. So you like detective roles, don't you? Whenever I seem to talk to you, Greg, you're a detective. Yeah, but without the hat this time. So, so Actually, there is a hat. There is but, a hat, but, Greg. But, but, but yeah. Not a trilby. Okay, so that's all good. Um, but obviously Dave Hastings as well, a major part of the team, as is everybody who's involved in this, because there's been directors of photography who've worked really hard on this, and loads of sites across the Midlands that have really brought this film together. Absolutely. Uh, we had something like 72 people who were involved in the actual production. Uh, we've hit locations across the West Midlands from Wolverhampton, where we are now. Uh, we've been here a few times, actually. Warsaw, lots of places. It's been well, great. It must be about, is it two or three years ago I spent a day on the set over at uh, Warsaw College with you, and then you were filming in a garage? Two, yeah. And they, I mean, that, that in itself is, is a, an amazing venue. And... It, I think this, is, this shows the, the level of detail that's gone into this film. Very much so. We've had some stunning locations. The garage was a particularly good one, wasn't it, Brett? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, did, what did you get up to in there? Well, I can't say too much without giving, <laughs> giving away too many spoilers. So, um, a lot of stuff goes down in that garage, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the climax of the film, well, towards the end of the film... and. It's, it's one to watch out for, that scene, a couple of those scenes in particular in that garage. Yeah, a lot of stuff goes down. Mm-hmm. And from an investigative point of view, obviously you're appearing throughout, I'm going to take it? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, the, uh, the eventual culprits, uh, I think I've got a pretty good idea who they are throughout the, uh, the film, but mm-hmm. uh, pretty difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you find in real life, if there's no, you don't find the evidence, you don't catch somebody actually in the uh, act of the deed. Uh, you have to find lots of evidence to, um, to support you, you know, your own uh, thoughts and convictions. And um, in the end, uh, we get there, but I'm not going to give too much away about how we get there. Mm-hmm. But is, is this a, a film where we see the actual events happen and then our investigator has to work it out? Or is it something where there's a mystery for the audience too from the outset? Uh, it's actually, uh, I had the chance to see a few snippets from when I went to do some ADR um, for Dave and it's cleverly put together you, you do see what happens and then the detective putting it together but it's the way in which it keeps flash, using flashbacks mm-hmm. and, and different at different points of the film how it keeps being thrown in and you start to piece together actually what's happening and then obviously it's down to the detectives to, to finally bring it all together. Now, I, I have been involved in some spoilers because I have about three lines in the film with a radio report which may or may not get included. So <laughs> they're included. They're included. So I, I kind of know what happens at the end and I'm having to remember that, that we can't talk about that. But um, the, it, it, the, the whole atmosphere of this, how would you describe the way it's going to look on screen? Um, dark, gritty, intense. Mm-hmm. There are no other words to describe it. We've really gone to town trying to bring together the sort of things that make really gritty British drama so impactful. Uh, I think we've done a, a really good job with it. Right across the board from the lighting we've used to the way we've shot scenes to the actors we've chosen to the music. 
it all adds some compliments and it builds to something that's when you all see it, you're going to really love it. Trust me. And, and but this is something that is going to to hit the uh, the, the the full festival uh, scene, isn't it? So this is this is going to be out there with people watching this, and they're not necessarily going to know the Midlands either. So this is going to be putting the Midlands on the map in a, in a different way to, to what we've often seen. Maybe see, uh, since investigative days, are we looking back to Soros Boone for something like that? I mean, that was a little bit more really fun, much. wasn't it? That was fun though. That was Elphick was great in that. Loved it. <laughs> It's, it's going to be good to see the Midlands on, on screen, on the big screen in this case, because it will be doing, as I say, a lot of festivals and there'll be a lot of people seeing it in cinemas. And when that story's told, what do you think is going to surprise them? And I, I, maybe I'll get that from each of you to see how you, how you feel about it. Skip over to somebody else. OK, we'll start with Greg. <laughs> what, do you, what do you reckon? Uh, well, you know, the biggest surprise, I suppose, is, well, for me, perhaps not the audience, um, I'm used to performing on stage and starting a show at the beginning, getting through the middle and then completing at the end. Mm -hmm. The way this is filmed, and it's uh, I've been involved in it with film before, but this uh, was kind of difficult to capture the character and the character's feelings because you start in the middle, you move back to the beginning and then you go to the end and then press back, back to the middle again. So I, I think the shock for me is I, I'm, I'm excited to mm -hmm. see how it all pans out from start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, and knowing what I know about the film, I think it's going to be great for the audience to watch and I think they're going to enjoy it as much as I know I'm going to enjoy it. And um, Brett is co-writer on this? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not... I wouldn't say there's much shock for me because I know exactly what happens, but mm -hmm. I think from a writer's perspective, actually, because I've not really been able to see much because of being in the films while Dave wants to keep it a secret from me how the... Uh, final product looks and then there's a texture so, of, the, of the film yeah so. so actually seeing how everybody's pieced uh, their scenes together and, and watching all the other actors that'll be uh, very nice for me and I think the shock for the audience is probably just the, the context of how relevant some of the themes in the film are to the modern society and uh, okay. some some of the scenes and the way that they're shot and and yeah, I can't really say too much about that, but the way that they're shot and what happens in these particular scenes, I think they're quite hard hitting and very raw, emotional. Yeah, there's, no, there's no holds barred in this, is there? Oh no, no, no! It's 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 very passionate. I think uh, some of the actors we've talked about our experiences on set and just the way that they speak and the little bits that I have seen. It's just so raw, and. I can't wait for people to see it because I think that in itself, I mean, we speak about our experiences and we're all like, oh yeah, do you remember when this happened? And you just, you start to remember how you felt in the moment and trying to capture, I think the audience is watching us doing what we what we've really enjoyed and what we've mm -hmm. actually reminisced about over the last few years of filming yeah. it will be. But there's a difference in time between when it was produced and, and when it does the final yeah, article is out there. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Is that a surprise for you, the time it's taken to pull this together? Um, it's actually been relatively short in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. We rolled into it quite quickly. Um, the main shoot was very fast, the way we did it. Um, pickups, etc. It's the back end, the post-production, that's the longest, slowest part of the process. I mean, currently... You've got all the editing that goes on, you've got all the colour grading, you've got the audio, including, as Brett mentioned earlier, uh, additional dialogue recording, because at times you don't capture what you want in the moment. You've got the score, which is phenomenal. I'm lucky enough that I've seen the film <laughs> and I've heard the score, and I sunk the score up with the movie a couple of weeks back and just killed all the dialogue and just watched it with the score, and it's just extraordinary the way it just hits perfectly. 
Okay, so where do we go to find out more in the run-up to the release of this? The usual culprit, social media, uh, Sustain Movie on Facebook. You can stalk any of us on there as well. <laughs> You'll find it dead easy. Also, just Google it. <laughs> it's going to be there. It'll pop oh, up. Oh, yeah. And uh, keep looking for that release date. Make sure you're following on Twitter and the like. And find out more about a brilliantly produced Midlands movie with True Grit and the, uh, the, the chance to, to see a lot of people really showing their skills that they have in our area. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Get along there. Enjoy it. It is Sustain coming to a cinema near you very soon. They used to before And I can't strip you off of your feet Will your master remember the taste of my love Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks And darling I will be loving you Till we're 17 Still full as hard at 23 I'm thinking about how people fall in love in mysterious ways Maybe just the touch of a hand Well, me, I fall in love with you every single day And I just want to tell you In their 20th anniversary year, WYMT are celebrating. They have their show at the arena as ever. And to tell me more, I'm joined now by Ben Cole. Hello. Hi, yeah, you're right. All good here, and you've got a great time ahead of you, so I trust you're feeling fine too. Yes, I am relieved now that we've actually got a show. That's always the tricky bit. Okay, so you've got something licensed. That's, that's yes. what counts. That's the first part. Then you've got to get auditions, and then you've got a two-week intensive setup to get this show on stage. Yeah, that's always the way we work. So we're actually meeting for auditions in a couple of weeks, um, July the 7th, and then we have two weeks intensive rehearsals at the end of August before we move into the arena down the road uh, for a week's run there. What age group are we starting with here? Um, we do have some juniors within the company as well, but obviously for the show we've got at the moment, it's probably not the most appropriate one, so we're looking for what we can do to accommodate them uh, later on in the year. So, yeah, we're saying kind of 13 to 18 uh, for this one, so yeah. our teenagers. And it's Rock of Ages, but it is the school's edition. It is, is the school's edition, yeah, which is just slightly toned down, and more importantly, I think, actually, some of the vocal work actually made to, to suit team voices, mm -hmm. which I think is important when you're training young people as well. But a big show, and really a chance to let ourselves go and have a good time. Yeah, very different um, genre for our kids as well. And we always try and pick something that gives them a new skill base. And I think actually the style of music for this one, the characterisation that's required for it, you know, the fact that a lot of the music was from way before their time. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a good show. It's a send-up. And I've had a lot of fun uh, when I've done it before with mm. other companies. So. Uh, some of the younger kids, it could be before their parents' time as well. Yes, it could definitely. be grandparents who remember them. I don't <laughs> remember them all, but I love the music. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll believe it. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it is, it is a great show. They are great songs. And and it is 
a good story and it, it tells a tale which yeah, it's, it's, it's good is it going to triumph over evil all of that and I think, I think that is nice and it uh, again it, it gets the whole impression of the show across quite quickly and allows us to tell a tale which is something they need to learn how to do yeah, definitely definitely and I think um, you know we pride ourselves on giving them that professional experience the intensive experience we've got former members who are actually in, in the West End coming back to work with the kids this year as well so it's all about that development that long term development as well and in terms of you know what we can do for the kids so yeah what goes on behind the scenes to get to this point because there must be the tens of you running around to get this thing set up yeah we are we're a very small team um a lot of people have worked either professionally in the arts or in education so a lot of local education team as well with again support from the music school mm-hmm. and their team there um Lots of frantic emailing all through the year, <laughs> group chats, uh, Facebook group chats going at all hours of the night going, what are we going to do? Um, and yeah, a lot of pre-planning because obviously once we're there for the two weeks, we've got to concentrate on getting that show on the road. Everything else has to be great. The team at the arena are great. They're ex-members. They've come through the mm-hmm. company as well that are there, so they know exactly how we work. Um, and it all just gels, really. There's a bit of an ongoing joke that once you come into WYMT, you can't escape from it and That's you always it. get you're, pulled back you're in. You're there yeah. for life, whatever yeah, 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 happens. definitely. Well, that just helps the shows look even more amazing. Where can we find you online and how do people get along so for the auditions? Best way to find us is to follow our Facebook page. It's at WYMT UK. All the information goes on there. And then once you've had a successful audition with the company, you get invited into a private group. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just found that's the quickest and easiest way to communicate in this day and age with people as well. But if they want to come along, so the date again is? It's the 7th of July and it's at the music school, 10am. Just prepare a bit of a, a musical theatre song for your company audition and then the rest is all workshopped. And so. do, they, do they need to book a place to turn up? No, turn up, come along we see everybody and then I said we deal with all the membership stuff on, after the auditions so. And how does the nomenclature work on Facebook? What are we looking for? So it's um, yeah, it's our little logo, it's WYMT UK, um, if they search that they'll find the page. Simple as that, check yep. it all out, get Definitely. your details in. Yep, so make sure if your kids are in that age group or if you're in that age group yourself and you want to get involved, WYMT could be for you. Check it all out Rock of Age is their show this year find them on Facebook. And Ben, thanks for having a chat with us Thank you, thanks for having us West End Picnic takes you behind the scenes of many a show across the West End and beyond. The man behind all that is Aaron James, who's with me now. Hello. Hi. So, I mean, what started you off in your uh, world of domination and the world, uh, as, as far as looking at what goes on in the theatre? It's actually quite kind of odd. It kind of first started just as me and me talking about life and who I am, and all, that's kind of how it started because I was training to be a performer, and then when you do a degree like that especially a vocals degree then you kind of have to sit and go through branding and social media and look at how do you use it and around that time 
um, I'd realised that people were engaging to what I was talking about and then because you became a social influencer to start off with and yeah. that, that was ongoing now so yeah. uh, you're used to finding yourself talking about things whether it be on Instagram Twitter and beyond and you let people know what you think of shows you've been to yeah. and this kind of extended into to West End Picnic which is if something more than that it's different to that it's not just reviews is it there's, there's, there's oh, more yeah. about things behind the scenes too yeah it's all about kind of creating a community for the theatre industry because on Broadway they've always seem to be like 10 years ahead so when I was growing up Broadway seemed to do backstage vlogs or like interactive elements like to get you involved with the community whereas in the West End there wasn't really that and so um, now I've tried to help bring back to the forefront because we've got new shows like Six and Jamie and everybody's talking about Jamie which has these really young like teenage audiences mad about theatre and so I wanted to create kind of like templates where people could say what shows have they just seen like share onto their social media share on Instagram um, but they're link- linking back to the community yeah. as well though so again oh, yeah. they see beyond their group of friends it goes somewhere bigger than that well yeah because I think a lot of people who love theatre in school are normally the outcasts or they're normally the they're not the popular kids they're the people that go online to try and find their club find their people and a lot of people I've seen it around with the Jamie community and the Six community they're all online on Twitter on Instagram etc these massive groups and it kind of feels cool to be one of the people that is creating stuff for them and to make sure that it theatre thrives and that mm-hmm. we don't lose that and the fact that theatre's kind of becoming cool like I want to be one of those people that make sure that this is a mainstream thing, this keeps growing. There's, there's probably been theatre for every generation and it, it may vary as to whether it's musicals that are on vogue at the moment or whether it's yeah, plays, certain pieces that are actually talking to people and everyone gets something from it in a different way so I mean, there's a, there's a big cross-section and, and that can be said at the West End at the moment and the touring circuit across the UK into the regional theatres too. Oh yeah, massively, like if you look at the Adams Family when, because Carrie Hope Fletcher kind of brought in this whole world i'd say she was kind of one of the pioneers of the uk having a younger fan base for theater where she vlogged what she was doing when she was in les mirs and heathers and adam's family and then suddenly loads of people were like oh my gosh like i'm watching it online and i really want to see it now i I but find theatre cool. It's difficult with Carrie to work out which came first from this point of view because you, you don't know unless you were there at the beginning. And she's got huge numbers of followers mm-hmm. across the socials. And you know it's what she does as part of that. And her, her honesty in that. And, and that thing comes across in what you're doing as well. You're telling your life story. And people very often share too much on Facebook when Facebook really feels like it's a platform for, for pictures of meals. Um, Instagram's kind of past that now, and it's, uh, Instagram's turned the way that, that that's developed since it's been under the uh, the Facebook umbrella uh, has changed with the way the stories work, with lives and things on there. And I mean, I know you use that quite a bit yourself when mm-hmm. you're telling parts of your life. Yeah, I think it's it has become that world of. People now have careers that are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, but also they've only been. I think people forget that they only have these careers because people invested in their lives and their personalities, etc. Like you want, you do want to know what's the greatest place to go for this type of food, and I think as well, people invest their time and their years with people, and they just they feel like they've got a friend that isn't in their community, like mm. that they don't see every day. That when they're watching them, they can kind of feel like they're part of their lives and when they comment and if somebody comments back etc it's kind of it's weird until I think you experience it from Mm -hmm. the creator point of view you don't realize just how much what you it's really nice to like get a message to say 
okay, like what I'm creating actually means something to someone and it's helping someone, especially for me with like LGBT plus stuff. I've had younger like teenagers, etc., say that watching my stuff has helped them come like going through their coming out process, etc. And that's mental for me mm-hmm. to know that actually me talking about my like life has just kind of helped people feel okay with who they are so yeah so lots of all that appearing online and so the the west end picnic that's that's been going uh for in, in great bounds in increasing yeah. its numbers of uh, uh clicks and views and uh, the actual people who follow it and but even you've got your mother involved in instagram as well <laughs> um i said that's more of a recent thing so i think most like people maybe my age their parents have if they've if they're kind of grown through and kind of a growing in the socials it's actually quite interesting how many families are involved in it like and one was just like she my parents are how i love theater anyhow so my parents have been to like every single show with me they have like really deep views of theater and can just talk about it just as well as i can and then so it's always cool to say mom along and mom wants to and it's nice that mom and dad want to be engaged in it does mean that they're looking at what you're doing on Instagram as well. So it, do, oh, do, yeah. do you think that tailors what you're saying or are you just letting it out there anyway? I mean, I've always been like a Disney boy. So like <laughs> anything online for me, I think I think ages before my parents like were... And I kind of like that because I live in London and they live here. So it's nice that they can see everything I'm going up to. And I don't always have to message to say everything I'm up to because they can physically see it, which is actually kind of nice. <laughs> but then also I've just always like since I was 18 and starting to grow like on socials it was I've always been about like making sure that I kind of want to be there as like an LGBT plus person for young teenagers to be able to watch and look up to and be like okay it's not like he's gay but he's not what I've been told like a gay guy is like like and the fact that I've always been like a Disney kid and I've always been kind of that PG-13 kind of boy so like I've, I've never been that wild a person anyhow so it's kind of nice to kind of so, so to be there be normal and be able to share that with other people yeah. and there's, there's there's no judging the people who follow you over five years are, are making friends uh, followers and family all sitting together in one place and you've enjoyed that and you'll yeah. enjoy it continuing to go forward and as a social media influencer you get to do some some fun things off the back of it as well and people get to share that with you too yeah it's kind of fun I think I think whenever I go to something or invited to anything, it, I'm always remembering that, okay, it's important to get across to, like, get enough content for people to watch because that's partly why I'm there is to get content to show people how awesome something is or or for me to go in and be like, okay, will people like this? Should they spend their money on it, etc. And it's, it's kind of nice as well that I don't then feel really, sh- like... I don't feel like I'm taking the mic going to all this stuff. I don't. Feel you put like, the work in. It, uh, yeah. It makes every every social event a work event, but you you're enjoying the work, so it doesn't really feel like work. Yeah, it's kind of a I'm doing it because I love it, and it's nice to then see how it makes other people happy. And yeah, it does mean that everything that you're at, it's networking, or it's um, you know that okay I need to get a photo of this I need to do this because that's kind of requirements etc but at the same time like I actually really like making that so it's kind of fine so where can we find you on all the socials and this might be a very long list we'll see how this goes so anything for me personally it's Aaron James UK so A-E-R-O-N James UK and then West End Picnic 
on Instagram and Twitter as well. So West End Picnic. Oh, there's one word. Simple as that. Well, Aaron, great having a chat with you. you. I'll still be following you on Facebook, Twitter, and the rest. And uh, <laughs> have a great time seeing shows across the UK and uh, you know, sharing your time in London. Thank you.
Helen Millward is a clairvoyant medium and she's with me now to have a bit of a chat about some of the experiences that she brings to those who uh, rely on your words. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you, Jason. Well, well, good to meet you. And I think we've spoken once before and I've seen you doing some work online. So tell us a bit about your work as a clairvoyant. What I tend to do, I bring spirit to the people that are needy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do clairvoyance as well. So it, it's, it's a two-way thing where I'm talking to people in spirit world bringing them through and they help me to guide people to give them their future Mm -hmm. so they sort of tell me how they are who they are the way they are with things and then they guide people that need that little bit of help um spiritually and for the future now often you'll find people who are skeptical of this um as my background i tend to be but um there is something there which obviously helps these people because they keep coming back to you. And uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to people who've worked with you who have been very surprised when you've told them things which have actually come to pass in their life. That's right. And it, sometimes it surprises me how accurate spirit actually are for people because mm-hmm. I've always believed in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. I've always believed in everything that they've always given me for everybody that comes to me um, for guidance either for the future or just to talk to someone that's passed over and it amazes me how accurate and precise they are and I'm just really lucky that I've got that connection with the spirit world in that way. And is this something that you realised was happening to you from a very early age? To me it's just normal, it's Mm -hmm. natural because I've seen spirits since I was two years old Mm -hmm. and I talk to them all the time and then as I got a little bit older, because my nan's an Irish gypsy, and she sort of coached me into doing that sort of thing and taking it further. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a pack of normal playing cards. And from the age of five, I was reading my mum's friends mm-hmm. and everybody. And this must be quite, I mean, a little bit of a strange experience for somebody who, at that tender an age, feeling that there's something going on around them in this way. And... It, it, it could sometimes be passed off as, as, as picking up on people's emotions and hear, knowing what they want to hear. Um, but I suppose at that age, you were probably less receptive to something like that. It never worked that way for me. When I was little and I used to pick up the cards, I'd see somebody standing in the back of someone. So in the spirit world, I'd actually see the person standing behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, I used to start doing a little bit of thing with the mystic tarot. And the cards actually used to move like a TV. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was looking at a card that would be moving like a TV and they would show me certain things 
connected with that person. So you, you see something which isn't necessarily there in the plane that, 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 yeah. that we are there, so the person you're talking to won't see this, but you see this through an energy that's coming from them? Yeah, and then the spirit person that stands behind them tells me exactly what to say. I don't interpret it. I don't try and change it. I just repeat what they tell me to repeat. Mm -hmm. A lot of mediums interpret, but I don't. I just say it as I see it and, and hear it. And this is something that there is a lot of out there in this world. I mean, we're a scientific age. You wouldn't necessarily expect many people to uh, believe in the way in which we probably did in times gone by, when there was a lot more that was unknown to people, so yeah. they didn't understand. So we still don't understand what happens between life, death, and uh, and that transition. Yeah. And you, know, you feel that you are getting these messages through from someone that's passed on, and they are matching up with the life experiences yeah. of those who are living. Well, sometimes they will tell me future that even the person that's standing in front of me won't know. Mm -hmm. And some of it will sound so unbelievably unreal that you'll be like, no, no way, that won't happen. And then it, it actually does happen, and it happens exactly how I say it, but I like people to record my readings. Mm -hmm. So they've got proof that it's there. I'm not frightened for someone to record and, me. And so they don't end up with basically developed memory from what actually happened when that wasn't yeah. the case. Yeah, and it's like with the spirit world, because I do, I, we spoke and I do um, Facebook Live mm -hmm. spirit messages for free every Sunday or Monday evening. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done that since 2015. I was one of the first to do that live. Mm -hmm. And since then, other, other mediums have done it. But I like to just try and connect in with the spirit world when I do that live. I will read little, do little mini readings, but mm -hmm. I like the spirit world because you know you can't make that up. Mm -hmm. Because when you're connecting in with someone that's in the spirit, they show me what they look like, how their hair was, what colour their eyes are, what shirt they're wearing that were buried in, mm -hmm. um, how, how their ailments affected their body. They normally tell me how they passed over. They tell me who they are or who they're connected to. They give me their names or people's names that are connected. Because you can't always get a, a physical name from the person, but they'll give you enough information for you to know exactly who you're talking to. And if they don't, you don't know a name, I mean, being, if someone were to be hugely sceptical, you could be looking at memorialised Facebook pages, but that's not the case, that's not how you work it, is No, it? because how I do it... My daughter actually takes all of my bookings. Mm -hmm. So I never see anybody on Facebook or anything. And I don't take names. I just take phone numbers. And you book them in. I book, my daughter books them in as phone numbers. So I never know who's actually coming through the door. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I could actually look up on... 7,000 or 8,000 people because you never know who you're going to read. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's not even like a memory thing because I have no memory. I suffer from <laughs> fibro, fibro, so yeah. I don't have any memory mm -hmm. at all. And I could see someone and I wouldn't remember them 
the day after. Yeah. I know that sounds really awful, but it's just that's the way it is with me. Mm-hmm. And so this, this this gift, whatever it is, I mean, that could be what affects your, your memory. It could be the way your mind's wired that, that causes that. Yeah. But I mean, so you, you do charge for this. This is something that yeah. you do for a living. And uh, you say you do offer these free readings. So if somebody does want to find out more from you, they can find you on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, then take it from there and, yeah. and, and see what happens yeah. next. Yeah, I do. Um, with my readings, when I do the Facebook, it's, it's normally about spirit or little mini readings mm-hmm. um, but yes I have done um, these readings for a very long time I've been doing them for over 40 years yeah. and I've been I've used to be at the station hotel um, I was a resident medium at the station hotel in Dudley mm-hmm. for almost eight years <laughs> um, and then I've done a, a lot of other places like the Thistle Hotel in I think that's Cheltenham yeah um, I go to regular little pubs as well. I've done the Hop House, um, the Mount Hotel. I've done there as mm-hmm. well. I think that's in Telford, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's the Mount in Wolverhampton, so it's just, yeah. uh, just out yeah. the way. So. And that one. Yeah. I've done quite a few, and I used to do all the circuits with a gentleman called Dennis and his wife called Jill, mm-hmm. and we did that for about 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy my job. Yeah, and it, it's, you're bringing something to somebody who is, is looking for something. Yeah. And sometimes that can make them be more receptive to what they're hearing. But you you know what you're telling them. Yeah. Um, it's like I don't separate the good from the bad. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I do say everything they As tell me is. to. Um, if I can give you a for instance... Around about 2008, I read a lovely lady. Um, She knows um, I'm allowed to mention her. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll just call her Jackie, but I I mention her, but she she knows I'm allowed. Um, And she came to me, and this was over 10, 10, 11 years ago. Well, it's even, yeah, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I read her, and she laughed at me, and I said to her, your husband is leaving you and I said but I don't know why he's leaving you spirit are telling me that he's leaving you and he's never coming back and you must tell him you love him and over the next six weeks you've got to tell him you love him because he's he's leaving you and I don't know why he's leaving you but he's not taking any bags with him and I said and I don't understand why they're telling me that and she laughed at me and it was in a house party where they were all paying for readings. She went downstairs and she, she had a few words and laughed about it. Mm. Six weeks later, it was a big hoo-ha. And it was actually in the newspapers. Her partner died in a factory um, near Tipton. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd actually been... T- excuse the expression, taking the copper piping. Right. Um, and they'd filled it with carbon monoxide to stop thieves mm-hmm. or people taking them. And he actually died in the um, factory, uh-huh. him and a friend. And bless Jackie, she actually came up to me where I was working at the time, where I was doing my readings from, mm-hmm. um, up above Tanning Exposure in Dudley. And um, she apologised to me, and mm-hmm. she brought all her friends. And it was, I felt really poorly when she did tell me yeah, what had actually happened yeah. because I didn't understand what they were saying to me. I was just repeating. Mm-hmm. So it was a shock, really. But it's amazing 
what spirits say. I know, I know I shouldn't be saying it in that way, but it's just amazing what they do give you. And this is a, this experience that happens to you. You what can't really explain it, yeah. but it, it, it is there. Yeah. And as you say, you say, something that you share each Sunday and Monday on your Facebook page. If you want to look out for Helen, Helen Clairvoyant Millward on Facebook, and you can see more of what you do there yeah. and find out more your story and have a chat with you and, yeah. and, and see what's going on. It's on the actual page. It's Helen's Angels of Tranquility. So look out for that one. Yeah. A search for Helen's Angels of Tranquility, yeah. and you can see uh, everything that goes on yeah. there. Well, Helen, lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much for and, having uh, me, Jason. Uh, really interesting to find out the story behind what you do and uh, keep talking to people and uh, you know working with them, as you see. Thank you, I will do. Thank you very much for having me. Bless you all. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 523 next week. I'll see you then. ta for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.